This intro is provided by recording artist John Maxim. It's a clip from his new single, Blame. Follow him on Instagram at John Maxim Music. Up, get dressed up, confess up The worst of my feelings are very mischieving I struggle and blame myself It's my fault Welcome from the depths of darkness to the light of success This podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Compass 9 Media Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Chris Wick Podcast Welcome to another episode of the podcast, From the Depths of Darkness to the Light of Success. I'm your host, Chris Swick, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by my sponsor, Compass 9 Media, your podcast branding specialist. Tyson and Brandon, they do an amazing job behind the scenes. You can go check them over, check them out over on Instagram at Compass 9 Media. Today, we got a great guest from the Hamilton area of Ontario, Canada, Emerson Edwards. You want to take it away and let them know a little, little bit about yourself and what you're all about? Sure. So I'm a 17-year-old, just um, graduated high school, class of 2020, and um, I'm a mental health and suicide prevention advocate. Uh, I'm also an anti-bullying volunteer, I guess you could say, an advocate for anti-bullying, and um, I'm a recent winner of the 2020 Spirit of Hope Award in the youth category. So that's... uh, Pretty much what what's the spirit of hope uh word what, what is that all about yeah it's um it's given to three different individuals so there's the youth category there's the individual category and then there's the organization category and it's just for people that are doing an outstanding job in the mental health realm in hamilton um it's sponsored by defasco and um Acceler Metal and all these different uh, brands that we know as Hamilton brands. So um, it was a real honor to be nominated and then end up winning the youth category for um, making positive strides in the mental health community. That's amazing, man. Congratulations on that, Emerson. Thank you. You're welcome, man. So how did you get into the Voices Against Bullying? Were you uh, bullied as a kid growing up? Yeah, so I was bullied for roughly a decade. Um, throughout junior kindergarten all the way up to grade eight. And what types of things was going on? Like what types of things were these kids and people doing to you? Yeah. So I was always a larger kid. Um, Always just a little bigger, pretty consistently throughout my years of elementary school. And so um, I was an obvious uh, outlier in terms of different appearances. So I was targeted for my weight, um, it, you know, the regular stuff, you're ugly, you're fat, all that kind of uh, just degrading um, vocabulary that kind of chips away at your self-confidence. And um, then it evolved into um, more kind of, it got smarter over the years as we, we got older. So then I was throwing food at me and forcing me to eat food from their lunches. And so um, there's a, there's a lot of stuff they did to me that um, is what I'm trying to prevent from other kids going through that. Cause I was left with uh, depression, anxiety, OCD, nightmare disorder, and PTSD all from pretty much stemming from my bullying experiences. 
Um, and in one case, there was actually a gun seized um, from another student from his house um, after he threatens to kill me. So it's, um, it's quite the story I've got, and I've talked about it so many different places. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy, man. Like, and how, when people are making fun of you and when they, these kids were doing these things to you, what was like the feelings going through you at the exact moments these things were happening you know, over and over again. Yeah. I've, I've always been a kind hearted person. That's something I take a lot of pride in. Um, I grew up in the church and I've since left the the religion, but I hold a lot of those morals close, Um, you know, be kind to one another and just general um, be accepting, be kind. Um, And so a lot of it was, this constant battle in my head of I'm bigger than them. I can stop this if I wanted to, but I'm not that kind of person. So it's like knowing you can stop it, but at the same time, it's a total flip of my morals and everything that I considered important. And so it's, it was an internal struggle, but also, after it happens for so long, there's part of you that just gives up on making it stop. You find a way to live with it or not. Um, I was self-harming by grade five and um, contemplating suicide in grade six. So I would have been 12. Um, That's in my opinion, earlier than anybody should be having those ideations or um, anything like that to have those anyways is awful, but that early is there's something really wrong if children are having those ideations. So, uh, yeah. And what were like, what were you doing to self harm yourself? It was God, anything. Um, one of the things the bullies would do is, uh, stab me with pencils in my stomach area. And I would go home and uh, re-stab myself there or um, just constantly scratching and itching and um, just kind of any way to kind of scar my body or validate myself in a way. It's very hard to explain, but it's it, it was a rush of feeling something, but at the same time, it's not something I want to feel. So I fell into that and cleared up quick enough, I guess. But, um, yeah. And at the time, like your suicide, like what were those thoughts going through your head? Like, was it just the constant picking on of you going? And then all of a sudden you just, you had a breaking point at that point in your life sort of thing around 12 years old there. Yeah, so when at that point I've been being I've been bullied for about eight years consistently. Um, at points, it was every day, and so after you know eight years of the system not helping me and just kind of struggling in silence, there comes a point where you just start to wonder, like, did anybody notice? You know, would anybody notice if I just 
wasn't there anymore or um, just kind of what is the point in continuing to live this life if this is the life that's been set out for me? Um, if it's eight years in, how much longer is this going to happen? And I don't know if I can deal with that. So I started having suicidal ideations around grade 12 or um, around grade six. I would have been 12 and I ended up attempting suicide uh, twice. Um, one time in grade nine and the second time in grade 10. Uh, and what was it that stopped you at those points or did you just not fall through with it? Well, the first one, I mean, I call it an attempt because I was ready to, to swallow a fistful of pills. Um, and my mom came in and stopped me. So um, if it wasn't for her, I'd probably be dead. And then the, uh, the second time I attempted was I jumped off the escarpment, um, which if you're in Hamilton, you know that's a, a pretty significant um, face of rock that's in spots is 50 feet drop. So I jumped off of probably 25 foot drop and um, I ended up catching my arm on a tree and I uh, dislocated my shoulder. And I fell to the ground and apart from a couple of scrapes and bruises in my shoulder, I was fine. So I jumped up, I rammed my shoulder into the tree and popped back in and I walked home. It was at like 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, I, I definitely went through with that. That's crazy, man. Well, if it wasn't for that tree, I don't think we'd be talking to you today, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, I've, I actually have a tree tattoo that I uh, that I got recently is kind of um, a significant marker of there's a reason you're here today. This is kind of a reminder. I've got a semicolon on my, uh, my left shoulder and then a tree on my right forearm. Um, I think tattoos are just a great art form and it's um it's a great way to express reminders to myself every day they're all they're always going to be there so it's kind of a purpose for me there's a reason you're here let's make the most of it that's amazing man well i'm glad we're talking today man and Absolutely. you know that tree saved your life emerson yeah. uh, so what gives your life meaning today i've come to the point in my life where I'm at a stable enough position with my mental health to start going outwards again and start helping others. Um, I think the purpose of my life right now, because I haven't defined a career because I haven't um, kind of set myself a life plan is just to kind of make the most of the relationships I make and try to make some light in all the darkness that's going on around us, especially in my peer group and the age group I'm in. And the fact we're in a pandemic, mental health is running rampant through the teens right now. And so if being somebody they can talk to, if being a supportive listener, if 
being somebody who can give resources to know where to start because starting in the mental health world is so scary. You're, you're diagnosed with this list of things and you don't know where to start looking for help. And so if I can be somebody that just gives them a list and says, these are the best places you can go in Hamilton. That's what gives me a purpose. And to know that I can help people through the same things I went through. That I really love like your purpose there and so that and you're so like bang on like you know mental health is definitely running rampant during this pandemic for sure like not just you know especially the teens the younger generation but just everyone in general I see it more and more through uh you know my everyday life and stuff like that even myself like I I won't lie I deal with depression anxiety you know I was a active user and and in addiction for 20 plus years you know before I got clean and sober there again and it definitely played a toll on you know once I got cleaned up and stuff like that the because I was suppressing all these feelings for so many years using drugs and stuff like that like I didn't really even notice that I had some mental health issues till I got clean and sober again to be honest is when it really started ramping up so what's the most common reason for people failing or giving up you think I don't usually like to look at it as failing or giving up because I like to think you can always learn something from a situation but I think people give up when they're either they're in a really dark place and their plate is too full and just like I've dealt with burnout and it's it's a whole different battle. You're constantly exhausted. And I think most people want to stick it out all the way, see things done, see things through till they're done. But there comes a time when it's important to take time for yourself, even if that comes at the cost of giving up some things in your life or or um, so-called failing at something. Um, in my school career, I had to kind of, I took two months off in grade 10 after my attempt. And, you know, I very, I came very close to failing classes, um, passed by the skin of my teeth with two or three classes out of my four. And so I think when you're struggling, it's easy to fall behind on things, but you need to make the most of the time you're spending elsewhere. No, you most definitely need to like make the most of, you know, any situation. That's for sure. You can't just half-ass it sometimes. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if if you have dreams or aspirations and stuff like that. Even though if you don't have um, a pathway to knowing what you're going to do, like write down your ideas, even if they don't come to light right away. That way you can go back to them later on. Or if you don't know how you're going to get to achieving your goal or your dreams just set out and start doing it you're if you fail along the way you'll you know failures are always great in my mind because they help you achieve those goals down the road or all right i didn't do it properly this time all right which way can i do it to do it the right way this time sort of thing you know you there's always so many different avenues you can go for sure what keeps you interested in your goals and dreams mostly just the hope to change the way this world looks at mental health 
I've struggled with keeping jobs because I've struggled so much with mental health and it's seen as something completely different from physical health. And so ideally in the perfect world and something I would love to be a part of building, if you struggle with depression or anxiety or PTSD, any number of mental illnesses we see in everyday life with people we love, we care about, we see on the street, to have those registered as a disability or a a way to be excused from work with paid leave because it's it can be just as debilitating as a broken leg or needing surgery for any number of things. I had surgery before and I can safely say my depression got to points where it was more stressful than post surgery than post op. So post op they say you gotta lie in bed for like three days. I did that with depression for a week I felt more pressure to be in that bed the whole time for my depression it needs to be seen as a physical battle too because chemical imbalances that's physical that's that's not just in your head that's your whole body muscle tenseness lack of sleep there's a whole whole list of things that any psychiatrist can list off to you of physical symptoms that show in mental health issues and so i think just changing the way the world looks at that and then just trying to erase the stigma around mental health so much stigma centered in my community as the teens and young adults of this age but also i see a lot towards men and it's it's getting better but there needs to be less of the the man up attitude and um more of the, you know, embrace your emotions so we can work through them in a safe manner. Um, 76% of all suicides are male suicides. There's shortcomings that need to be fixed. That's just statistics. So I think, yeah, the thing that drives me the most is just the, the chance to make change. I hear you there about, you know, there needs to be change, especially within the men's health in general, like physical, mental, mental illness, all that stuff. I hear you, man, because like I see it at work myself and other places, you know, like people will make funny or try to make fun, excuse me, of men that are just talking about their feelings. It's okay to talk about your feelings. It doesn't matter if you're male, female, whatever you, you know, whatever you are, it doesn't matter you're allowed to express your feelings at the end of the day and you should be comfortable doing that and not have to worry about people making fun of you behind your back or to your face or like you said the man up attitude like enough's enough of that for sure we definitely need to uh like pick up and um talk more about that for sure it needs to be talked about more the stigma definitely needs to be broken you're so right emerson what are you avoiding doing because it's hard or scary? I'm holding off on jumping all the way into my current relationship. Um, I had a really poor experience with my last relationship. I was um, uh, sexually harassed by my last partner and um, emotionally abused, verbally abused. It was a really rough time. And so coming fresh out of that, um, 
it's hard to jump full into a new relationship. And I mean, we're three months in and it's going great, but there's still that little part of me that's, you know, what if, what if this is the same? What if, what if it's all a facade? Um, and just that that's everywhere in my life, not just with my relationship, you know, after a decade of being bullied, I'm going to have trust issues. And so meeting new friends, making new connections. I'm very neurotic about going about that. I do my research and it's, um, it's something I have to put a lot of work into to, to make myself comfortable. So I can see myself kind of leaning back in certain social situations to, uh, to kind of protect myself when in reality, there's probably nothing to protect myself from. Yeah. I totally get what you're saying as well. Like, um, with, uh, you know, insecurities and stuff like that. Like I have many myself from previous relationships too. So I, but I'm working through that too with a therapist at the moment and, you know, just starting out. So again, even though I'm clean and sober, but there's so much more work to do from the inside out. And like you said, like we're going to have trust issues or other things, but at the end of the day, there probably isn't anything wrong. And we just have to work through that, you know, and not make assumptions. Like I learned something good today at the therapist, you know, it's, um, it's called NAT. So it's called negative automatic thoughts. So, but you know, and instead of jumping to that assumption right away where it's that negative automatic thought of, you know, this is what's happening or whatever. Well, think about it before, you know, we're really quick to think of things, but you got to really dig deep for those thoughts before you act on them, you know, cause there's thoughts, there's feelings, and then there's behavior for sure, man. So yeah, no, thank you very much for sharing that part, man. That was amazing, man. Like just to see, like you can definitely see the progress from, you know, you being bullied for all those years and then, you know, picking up to where you are today, man, you seem to have made lots of progress for sure. So what's, what's your perfect day from the moment you wake up until you head to bed at night? Perfect day. Well, I currently work, um, at a long-term care facility. So I'm with a floor of 33 seniors. Uh, it's early morning. I'm up at four 30 drive on my way to work. I pick up a coffee and I get to work and I just start helping people. There's, there's sometimes residents up at 6am. So pretty much as soon as the day starts, it's getting them a coffee, getting them breakfast, um, wheeling them to and from meals, feeding people, keeping them busy. It's, it's a busy eight hour day for sure. Um, take my lunch, take on my lunch, take some time for myself and listen to some music or a podcast that I enjoy and just kind of take time to be in the moment and kind of, this is something I've had to work through is eating with purpose and not just doing it as an autopilot um, because you feel fuller and that means you don't snack as much. And so with the, the weight loss journey that I've been on. Um, it's really important to 
eat with purpose and, you know, be conscious of how you feel while you're eating and just kind of continue until you're not hungry anymore. So that's what I do. I take time. I listen to music or um, a podcast. And then the day kind of finishes up the last four hours. It's just a lot of spending time with residents. Um, I'm learning some languages to speak to some of our residents that don't speak English as their first language. Um, most of the residents have dementia, so it's uh, you have to be very kind-hearted and patient with them. But uh, I, I love the job. It's, um, it's a little scary right now with the pandemic, but um, somebody's got to do it. And then uh, get home around 3.30-ish. From there, really depends on the day. Um, sometimes I'll read. Sometimes I'll play some video games, watch some TV. Um, trying to get back into the working out, although. I am injured at the moment, so hopefully soon enough I'll get back there. But uh play an instrument, I play guitar, I sing, find something to do to kind of recharge myself. I'm an introvert, but I can be extroverted for a period of time until my kind of social battery runs out. And after eight hours of being in a helping profession, it's a lot and you need to come home and really prioritize yourself trying to find time for myself can be a struggle at times because I'm also taking two online courses for school, but I always try and find a way to fit that in. I know when looking at your day, a full calendar, you can say, I don't have any time in my day to do anything for myself, but then you look like I've got two 15 minute breaks. I can take five minutes out of those or, you know, school can wait for 10 minutes while I, meditate or listen to music or go for a walk around the neighborhood, do some mindfulness exercises, you know? Um, yeah. And then probably have dinner just kind of calm down for the night. So I usually don't do much schoolwork after dinner and then probably bed at 10 30, 11 ish. Nice. That's uh, that sounds like a pretty full day there for sure. Yeah. And you know, you were mentioning before that you suffer from OCD. What are you OCD about or anything? I have a mild case. It's definitely not as bad as some of the cases I know of. Um, but it's numbers it has to be multiple of five. Um, what else? Um, very particular about the way I brush my teeth. Um, just little little quirky things like that. And then I do a, a hand movement where I tap my thumb to each one of my fingers and I have to do it five times. And if I mess up, I have to squeeze my hand twice and restart. I have to maintain a certain pace, a certain tempo. So uh, little, little rituals like that, that'll irk me if I don't do them. Um, I mean, I'm lucky not to have as bad as I know some people do. And I can't even imagine what that would be like to have a full day of rituals. I, I'm exhausted after the ones I have. So it's definitely not the, the worst of my mental illnesses, but um, it's the little cherry on top, it seems. 
For sure, man. But you know what? Everyone has their quirks at the end of the day, Emerson. You know, I have my little quirks. You know, my kids do. Everyone does at the end of the day. Our parents do too, man. So at the end of the day. So if you were going to speak to a group of graduating teenagers, what would be the topic you would speak to them about? Having just been through the system, there's such a pressure to know exactly what you want to do for the rest of your life at 17. If you look at the grand scheme of your life, that's like not even a quarter of your life, less than a quarter of your life span, hopefully, to have decided what you want to do for the rest of your life. And it's such a daunting thing to be faced with. And so to speak to them and say, like, it's okay if you don't have it figured out, take a year, take two years, like, figure out what you're passionate about and find a way to make money doing that. It's one thing to follow the system you know, go straight to university like they force on us or wherever they're forcing. It was apprenticeships in my in my year. Um, and just take some time to really think out what you want to do. Because I know too many friends that were forced right into it by parents or the school system. And then they wasted 10 grand on two semesters. You know, you can use those courses somewhere else. But at the end of the day, if you're not interested in it, taking it in as something you enjoy, you're just kind of wasting precious time when you could take a year or two to work and find, you know, the things you enjoy. Yeah. And then just also, I feel most people start to struggle with mental health in their teen years, which falls in high school. But to say, like, as you're moving into adulthood, People are going to be checking in on you less. You're supposed to be becoming more independent. You're supposed to be more of an adult. But that doesn't mean we stop checking in on each other. That shouldn't mean we stop checking in on each other. And to say, like, mental health is something one in three people struggle, struggle with. To kind of say, like, you may struggle with this. And when you do feel you're starting to struggle with this, reach out for help. There comes a point, at least there did in my experience where rationally I didn't want to die but there was a part of my brain that was just so set on it that there was there was something telling me this is your only option and it's a battle that I've won luckily but it's hard to see outside of yourself in the moment and especially when that goes on for months at a time that's when people die and so to say like this is important to stay on top of yourself and your friends. So like check in on them. It's you're stronger checking in on them and yourself than not. Most definitely, man. Yeah. We definitely all need to learn to check in on one another, you know, especially during the times we're going through right now. Like we, even if it's just a simple, hello, Hey, how's it going? I know we haven't talked in a while. just checking in, you know, that's, that's all it needs to be. And if someone wants to say hi back, you know, but at least you've done the due diligence and just checking in to see how that person's doing and stuff like that. So and that's all you need to do. You're right, man. Just definitely, we need to check in on one another and make sure we're okay. What do you do on a day-to-day basis, uh, Emerson, for your mental health? Like, what are three things you do for your mental health on a day-to-day basis? I try to always take some time during my day to, even if it's just five minutes, to sit down and spend some time with my animals. Um, we've got 
two cats and a dog and just there's so much science around the the chemicals that are released when you're around animals and it's such a great therapy for me as i imagine it is for a lot of people and so if you're fortunate enough to have a dog or a cat or any sort of animal uh it's just a great experience to be able to sit down with them spend some time just petting them hugging them getting that serotonin release that dopamine release that um that kind of amps us up a bit um another thing music is therapy for me i wouldn't be alive without music honestly um find an artist that you enjoy and just get lost in the music that's there was times during high school i had a 12 hour classic rock playlist i'd press play on the way to school in the car and i wouldn't stop it until i got home just kind of drowns out the rest of the world for a bit and it's a way for me to escape so i use music a lot um whether it's singing playing guitar or even just listening to other other artists finding new ones that's another big thing for me and then um, probably the third one just basic upkeep on myself you know brushing my teeth showering i've been to the really dark places and every day i wake up i feel fortunate you know i'm here i'm thankful that i'm able to get out of bed every day fairly consistently that's because there was a time in my life where that was the hardest thing the biggest challenge of my day was getting out of bed i guess the third thing would be celebrating the victories it sounds weird to say but if you're fortunate enough to have survived the dark times you're so much more thankful and appreciative of things you get to experience every single day like the little things like i remember i didn't shower for a week once in a depression like i'm sure there was longer there's been times where i don't sleep for four days when i get a good night's sleep that's you know that's the best so just celebrating the little victories and the little changes of progress that i've that's amazing man you know thank you so much for coming on the show today and you know sharing your story of experience strength and hope man and you know surviving a suicide attempt you know that's amazing emerson to see how far you've come you know from being bullied from jk all the way through into high school and stuff like that so where can anyone find you if they want to reach out to you on social medias and stuff like that do you have any instagram or facebook like if anyone wanted to reach out to you or follow you yeah so i'm at emerson underscore 905 on instagram um instagram's my main place where i i'm starting to do more mental health related stuff i've been on another podcast that i promote on there i've um my award is on there so um that's pretty much the best place to reach me um if it's a little more private or personal or any inquiries about having me speak somewhere or anything like that that'll be my email it's em at mail central m-a-i-l central.ca um other than that there's i'm fairly active on the voices against bullying um Facebook group. So, Voice Against Bullying on Facebook. And 
Well, that's that's about all my socials and anywhere you can reach. All right, thank you so much for coming on to share your story today. It is greatly appreciated, man. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. New episode comes out every Monday at 7 a.m. on all streaming platforms. And you can follow me on Instagram at Depth of Dark Side and on Facebook at From the Depths of Darkness to the Light of Success. Have a great week, folks.